Now, what's happened, I think what's changing a bit is now companies are saying, not only are we going to give you an opportunity to work remote, we're going to pay you more money, but we are going to remotely and, and uh, without you being here, make you part of the team. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Attracting and retaining talent is the number one topic I hear among CIOs and IT leaders. There's a significant gap between the number of tech-related roles and the people to fill them. Unemployment in the tech sector hovers around 2%. Even during the height of the pandemic, the number peaked at about 4.5%, but quickly recovered. It's hard to find talent. Focusing on the funnel of candidates is important, and we here on Status Go have had several conversations about widening your search for talent. However, today we're going to look at the other side of the problem, retaining talent. How do you ensure you keep your top talent? To answer that question, we're going to go inside the mind of a recruiter. When they call, and trust me, they are calling, why does Eduardo answer the phone? What questions do they ask that let them know Angel is ready to leave? What answers do they hear that tell them to move on to somebody else? Joining us today is Eric Miller. Eric is the principal at Centerline Solutions, a search firm focused on the technology space. Welcome to Status Go, Eric. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you having me today. I'm really interested in our conversation. I know you and I had the opportunity to talk about some of this at a, at a CIO event we both attended a few weeks back, and I think our listeners are really going to enjoy that. Before we dive into the mind of a recruiter, Share with us a little bit about your background, your career journey, uh, and what brought you to where you are today. Sure, sure. That's fine. So today, uh, I run a search firm based in uh, Carmel, Indiana. We're a suburb of uh, Indianapolis, and we've been serving the central Indiana market for about 14, 15 years as both a franchise office of a global recruiting brand uh, for our first 10 years and for the last you know, four to five, we've been more focused with a specialization on placing IT leadership roles uh, as well as some advanced technical roles, predominantly in, in central Indiana. And, and prior to that of me running the company, I've been in technology sales and leadership. Uh, my last corporate role was a director and a VP uh, at a data center services provider that's also based here in Indianapolis. And I was a hiring manager uh, for that organization. So I have been on kind of both sides of the, mm -hmm. of the desk per se. And overall, I have about 25 years now working directly with mid to large kind of corporate IT departments and IT directors, VP CIOs in, in some capacity. And I think that's what makes your, your background unique is that, uh, you, you you run this search firm, but your background isn't in uh, HR. It's in technology. So you've been where a lot of our listeners are today, and you you know some of the challenges that they're facing. You've seen them firsthand, um, and you've 
you stayed in tune with the demands and some of the challenges that I outlined at the beginning. When, when you and I were at that uh, conversation, that, that lunch meeting a, a few weeks ago, we were talking with this group of CIOs about attracting and retaining talent. And you shared some interesting perspective on how a recruiter approaches talent. Because given a 2% unemployment rate, most of the time, most of the candidates, as I understand it, that you're presenting are working someplace else. These are not people that are in transition uh, at the moment. They're they're employed. So you're reaching out to them. Talk us through this this acronym that you you use as you guide that conversation. I think you called it CLAMPS, C-L-A-M-P-S. Talk us through that at a high level and then let's dive into each one of those. Sure, be happy to. So let me back into that a little bit. So that, as you know, there's a lot of different types of, of search firms out there in the market from contingency, engaged, retained, uh, and everywhere in between. Uh, and in our, in our market, since we're very focused on a very specific geography, we're very focused in a very narrow sector, such as IT leadership, as well as some technical roles, uh, we have to be very diligent in uh, our approach of how we handle certain searches. For example, on the technical side of what we do, we only focus on one half of traditional IT, which is the infrastructure side, which for us, I narrowed it down now to about five or six key roles that we recruit for. Uh, and that could be like cloud network systems, security, and that's on the technical side, a little broader mm-hmm. on the leadership side. But the reason that's important is that one of the things that we do and a lot of uh, recruiters will do that are specialized is we pre-recruit into our space. And mm-hmm. so what we're doing a lot of times is we're calling into people that are not looking for jobs uh, that we know are probably pretty happy. We think they are, but we want to establish a long-term relationship with them because mm-hmm. we know for the next four five, 10 years that we're going to continue to have for example, cloud engineering, AWS searches or, or Azure searches. And if we uncover a new candidate and we can get in there and talk to them now for a role that we'll have a year from now, that's very attractive because that's a candidate that our client probably can't get to uh, just in time when they post a position a year from now. So, yep. so the way that we do that uh, is we will make calls into candidates and we'll try to warm call them and reference another connection in the market. Hey, we have, you know, 25 other connections together, uh, so on and so forth. But the way that we get there is we simply say, we're not calling you for a position today. We're calling to get to know you. And we want to understand a little bit about what you're doing in the market. Uh, and mm-hmm. a few things that, that we may be able to take away from this conversation that I can keep you aware of opportunities in the future that could represent uh, a real uptick in your career path. And that's kind of how we start some of these conversations. But what I really want to know is I'm after this thing, as I mentioned, you called clamps. And I want to understand how well they're being taken care of at their current company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the clamps, uh, the acronym stands for uh, either cha- challenge or culture, location, advancement, money, people, and sizzle. Uh, so the, the challenge side is simply if I'm talking to let's say a you know a, a team lead of a you know a 
IT infrastructure team and understanding where is it that they're at currently? Have they had any promotions? Are they being challenged? Are they, as a company, are they moving from on-premise to cloud, for example? Are they changing their technology stack? I want to understand how they feel about it. And we just ask some general questions mm -hmm. about, you know, where are you at in your technology journey? Where do you play as part of that? How long have you been in the company? Uh, I want to understand a little bit about have they had uh, any location challenges with a lot of the changes happened in our market? Yep. So the locations, the that part of our discussion has changed a lot in the last few years because now it's not how far do you commute every day. It's are you allowed to be uh, remote or mm -hmm. do you want to be remote? And what does that look like? Are you the 3-2 type? Or are you uh, going to be fully remote? Or are you getting conversations and calls from people to be fully remote and is that attractive to you? Uh, so kind of mm -hmm. feel out where they're at with that. There's a big disconnect in many cases nowadays about companies that want to keep their people more engaged uh, on premise, yet the uh, the market's screaming full remote. And so there's also yeah. a disconnect there, which we obviously try to take advantage of that if it's uh, to the advantage of the candidate or the, uh, the professional. Uh, so that kind of walks through challenge location and advancement is, is fairly straightforward is, you know, is there advancement track at the company? Is it known? Is it unknown? Uh, is it more ad hoc? Do they have a, a technical ladder uh, or they've been kind of stagnated out, passed over? Mm -hmm. uh, those are things that we'd love to understand from somebody. And then if they have been, we'd like to know, well, it, are you a subject matter expert for something? Um, should you be? Uh, and what would that look like? And what's the value mm -hmm. you can provide? So we're trying to dig into kind of where, where their head's at. And then, you know, way down the list, believe it or not, is the, the money side. And money is mm -hmm. important, but rarely do people move strictly for money. At least if you're looking for those top 25 percenters, the A players, those are generally, mm -hmm. there, there's a little bit more to it than just money. They're after more of the uh, the inclusion, uh, being part of the team, uh, being the subject matter expert, and so money is important, but usually not just it's not just a money grab for most people. Yeah, yeah. And then the uh, the other side is the you know the the P side is people culture, which that is um, you know what's the what's the relationship like with them on the team? You know how they fit. Uh, what about the the relationship with their boss, their boss's boss? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and those are the things that we like to dig into because that's where really you get into how do you feel about where you're at considering in the market now you could potentially be doing the same thing anywhere you want if you have a high mm -hmm. demand IT position. Yep. And then the last is sizzle, right? I mean, if you're working for NASA, it's one thing or if you're working for, you know, a uh, company that is a little less sexy uh, in, in the manufacturing of a parts and uh, fasteners that yeah. might not be quite the same, but uh, maybe it doesn't matter, but it's worth uh, worth looking into because sometimes it makes it harder for a recruiter. If you're working for a, uh, you know, a marquee technology company versus an unknown smaller organization for me to try to pull them out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that, that um, as you talk through the, the clamps, C L A M P S that um, you're you're looking at this from a lot of different angles. Uh, one of the things that jumped out at me as you were talking about challenge is the question, are you being challenged? Because we all know IT people 
love a challenge. They love to solve problems. And if they're kind of in a position where they're not really faced with that anymore, uh, that can be a problem. But uh, location and money, I want to touch on those a a little bit more. Given the changes that we've seen with the pandemic uh, back in 2020, a lot of people were uh, forced remote work, forced work from home. And now we're seeing this pull of leadership and management of bringing people back into the office. One of the things that I hear from some of the CIOs that I talk to is they're losing people to organizations who are not located geographically close to where we are because they're offering them more money and the ability to work from home. Are, is that a trend that you have seen as well on a on a broad scale with your client base that the the ones that are uh, requiring a certain amount of time back in the office are struggling against organizations that are saying, oh, yep, you can work from home. And oh, by the way, we'll pay you more money. Yes, in a way we have. And it's interesting how it's changed, because I think when it first started happening, when just after COVID started in 2020, there's companies that started to go remote. And mm-hmm. so when they started to do that, they started letting people go remote. And then there's all of a sudden popped up companies that uh, East Coast, West Coast, for example, we're obviously in India yeah. in the middle that are willing to do full-time remote. But it seemed like at the time that although they let them do remote, they pay more money. Uh, what was missing was the stability factor. And because it was very uncertain of if would they be remote forever? Uh, would it be a case where they're just yeah. going to be a, a you know part of the just to fill a gap for time being, then they're going to lose their job in a year or two. So the people that tended to do it tended to be ones that didn't care as much about the stability perhaps, and didn't maybe care about some of the other things that people tend to, which include things like, I want to be part of the the core team. I want to know I'm a long-term player. I want to be part of the, mm-hmm. the technical road mapping. I want to be part of, you know, the have a seat at the table. So it didn't yeah. care. They didn't care as much. So that was a, a start. So I thought we thought, well, the people that are doing it are probably not the same types anyway that would be full time remote uh, here locally. Now, what's happened, I think what's changing a bit is now companies are saying not only are we going to give you an opportunity to work remote, we're going to pay you more money, but we are going to remotely and and uh, without you being here, make you part of the team and we're going to yeah. make you part of the long term team by giving you the subject matter expertise area that you want, having you be part of the key meetings, uh, having you part of the road mapping, and, and you are going to be a part leader. We're going to help now train you, which was something that didn't really happen a lot mm-hmm. at first because they weren't investing in those people that were going remote. Now they're saying, hey, we're, we'll pay to train you. We'll pay to certify you. Uh, we'll can do help with your development. You'll just be in Indiana. We happen to be in Rhode Island. But if you yeah. want to come out once in a while, then we can make this work. And so I think that's the challenge that has evolved. And when the other piece that probably is worth mentioning is in the area that we're at in the central part of the United States, we're a little more conservative. So we're not readily going 100% all the time, like some right. other companies are east and west. We're willing to go 3 2, 2 3, but that doesn't matter at all if a company's willing to go 100% because yeah. they're willing to they'll take people out of our local market. Uh, and they're still here physically, but they're removed from the, the job market. 
yeah. which from a recruiter standpoint, it doesn't hurt us because that creates it creates demand in the market, right it creates opportunity from your for, perspective. For key yeah, positions, yeah. especially yeah. technical positions. And Jeff, I, I'll tell you, I, I noticed that that phenomenon a lot more at I'll say the engineering level. Mm -hmm. uh, but as I move up into the say manager, director, VP, CIO, it it tends to be less. And I don't see 100% remote uh, for the yeah. most part in many of those because the, the conversation comes back to the same thing. We want you to be here yeah. for the culture. We want you to be here to be part of the team. We want you to be part of the long term. And part of that is we want you to have face time with the other leaders and with the organization. Yep. Well, and I think that reminds me of a conversation that we had here on Status Go with Jamie Lee. And I know you know Jamie as well. Uh, now with uh, Ecobat and Jamie had this great quote. He said something to the effect of uh, transformation happens face to face. So if you're if you're in a company that is in the midst of a transformation and driving change, he really feels like the, the people have to be there to be able to work with the team face to face. So you get this poll. But I, what, what, I, what I found interesting in your response there, Eric, was as we were talking about location and money, you also brought in culture to that. In, in, in other words, uh, well, advancement, uh, being able to advance, being having a seat at the table. So it's really all of that 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 makes someone answer the phone, right? Or carry on the conversation. Uh, so as you look at champs, and I know, or sorry, not champs, clamps, um, wrong acronym. Um, when you think about that, you've been on the other side of the desk. What are some things that our listeners can do who are in the manager, vice president in the leadership roles? What can they do to help their comp their their employees? Uh, feel that they are getting these things that talk about clamps, that, that they're getting those things. What, what programs have you seen people implement successfully? So I would say in, in my space, kind of to answer that this way, I, I think one of the key things I look for when I'm going through like a, a clamps or a conversation where I'm creating a, an overview of a, of a potential candidate what I'm looking for most is people that feel that they are not being valued part of that inner circle for not saying mm -hmm. the future direction, uh, not appreciated by their, their bosses. They're doing the work, but not being recognized. I mean, that's of all the things we talk about of, Hey, wh where are you at compensation wise? What's your travel look like and all that. Yep. What I'm really looking for is what are the things that are more the emotional part of it? Uh, and, and with that, on the other side of that, if I have an organization that I show up to, I mean, we can talk about poison pills where they say, hey, I, you know, I'm not going anywhere because I have a pension that's going to kick in in a year. I would never leave. Or yeah, I have $100,000 yeah. at stake if I left. Uh, I, I'm not going to go. Those are, those are hard, pretty easy ones to, to look at. But the, the ones that are probably a little bit more softer, uh, and I think what people can put in place for people to help to ward off people like me that are looking for, you know, openings, things like uh, training programs that last three, six, nine months, but have a certificate at the end of it. Oh, uh, yeah. That the, the company is paying for. 
uh, and uh, add a little bit to that, that the company would provide training time during company hours for them to work on it. Yeah. With, with milestone reports to their, their, their boss, for example, that's a great, cause it, it puts something out there. They have something to look forward to. And if I call in June and they have a, their uh, CISSP test, for example, in, in October, and it's pretty high profile on the team. His boss knows about it, and they're talking about it all the time. It's hard. It's kind of subtly hard to get them to leave in the middle of something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other one that I like that I think can be extremely effective, even interdepartmental IT, for example, is having like a promotion or an advancement track. Uh, with milestones and some kind of event within six months. And it could be as simple as you have a lead engineer and you want them to grow into a team lead. Maybe it's even de facto, and you can be honest, say I don't have a, a title change, but de facto I want you to move into that role. And the way I want to get you there is I want you to take over this particular area of technology. I want you to meet with the vendors. I want you to own that piece. I want you to train the other members of the team on that. And then with six, within six months, I'm going to try to get you a, a bump and or, you know, maybe a title change or add senior to your title or, or something like that. But it shows that they're part of the team and that they, they care. And then right along with that, I would say another area that I would say would be is pretty, uh, pretty interesting. I've seen this before. And this is a very difficult one to sell against or to get somebody to, to, to leave. And part of this is considering that a lot of times when recruiters call, sometimes they're calling with, Hey, I'm, I have a job. I have another job mm -hmm. somewhere. Would you be interested? And a lot of times all they have to sell on it is money, but the money is a lot of times fairly close because it's the same kind of level position. Right. Uh, and they don't really have a lot of differentiators that they can sell except the money side. And if they're really, really, really in pain because they don't like their boss or something, but something like this, where if you would consider having a team member where you assign them a mentor within the IT organization, or even yourself be the mentor, Mm -hmm. uh, and you have a, a track that they go along with for three, six, nine months and you, you move them to a new place. And that mentorship could include, you know, having a, a meeting with the president of the company or a president of another division or explaining how their technology works to help solve a business problem elsewhere within the organization. Um, and then even that, for example, that that program could even be part of number two. That could be the mentor could be number two. <laughs> Uh -huh. he's he's mentoring somebody number three could be somebody you're trying to keep along on the team uh, to keep them engaged and to keep them growing and to help them learn so when you have things like that it's hard to come in and sell a new job right away now if you establish a relationship long term you know maybe you can you can keep their their interest over the years but those are some immediate things that come yeah. to mind so when you're talking about um the the mentorship are, are, do you see it working both ways. In other words, um, um, I'm a CIO, I've got a, a senior engineer, and I'm going to be his his or her mentor. Um, and so that, that creates some stickiness. Um, do you see it also working that here's this senior engineer, and I want to have her be a mentor for a junior engineer? Sure. So yeah, so, so does that work? It, it works the same. In fact, it can be the, the one and the same, right? The, you go to your senior engineer and say, I want, I want to put you on a track to grow to a team lead. Part of that is I want you to, to agree to become a mentor mm -hmm. for a junior engineer. Uh, and then on the junior engineer side, say, we want you to grow within the company and we want you to train and, and grow yourself and your skills. So I want you to agree to be 
a mentee and I'm going to assign you a mentor that's going to help bring you along. Yep. And then we're going to move you from a junior to a, a you know, a, a core engineer after a certain amount of time or after you pass a certain milestone, which could be uh, take these two tests and pass them uh, along the way, yeah. which are the yep. same tests that your mentor already has, for example. A lot of times we see in in IT that there's almost two different tracks. There's the technical track and there's the management track, right? And the first step of that management track typically is, hey, we want you to be a team lead. Uh, and then you move up and blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of people that are in IT that are not interested in that management side of things. True. And, and at some point, sometimes they, they peek out on what you can do uh, because the promotions a lot of times are over here in the management ranks, right? So what do you, what do you see customers doing uh, or, or employers doing to keep those people motivated and wanting to stay with your organization? So within, within the IT space, I'll say that there's probably no better time for the evolve the evolving um, I call it the tech leader uh, in the marketplace and there's a lot of people that love technology they love to be part of the the architecture and and the, the journey but they don't necessarily want to manage people as you mentioned or be yeah. an operations or operational manager and, and go through that so what we find and what's developing in the past several years are subject matter expert leaders uh, for example you uh. have, it could be an architect or it could be just the this is our leader uh, team lead or subject matter expert over Azure for a you know 500 or a thousand person company that's going to lead the charge yep. for us to drive into Azure, which includes not just running basic technology projects, but it's the same person that's going to be leading and working with Microsoft and doing the design and working with mm -hmm. vendors, the other vendors that are be uh, part of that journey as well. So in, in those roles we find are in the same compensation range as managers, mid-level managers, and sometimes even directors. Okay. Uh, so are they, are you seeing that they're formalizing the, the, the title and, and I'm using air quotes that our audience can't see, but the, the title of subject matter expert, uh, because I, I, you know, I grew up in it. It's, it's where I spent my career and, and, there were a lot of times when someone was considered a subject matter expert by reputation, but it wasn't formalized. Are you seeing it formalized now? I'm seeing the same thing as it has been where they develop and grow into those roles. Sometimes it's formalized, sometimes it's not. And in mm -hmm. many cases, it's just kind of a de facto, you're our, our lead and you can be a, a, a team lead, technical lead. Um, but a lot of times there's not a title. It. Mm -hmm. And so they make them that that on the team, uh, and and that's it. And you know, you bring up a great point uh, about being sticky. It's hard to pull somebody away from those lead roles when they're being counted on by their corporation to be the 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 technical leader uh, yep. for the, the company in a certain area, as long as they're appreciating what they do. But so the answer is, I don't see oftentimes a, a specific role, but. Uh, that's why it's great for companies like us when we can mm -hmm. get in the market and pre-recruit into a certain category. Yeah. yeah. Let's say it's Azure. Then I, I, then I can find and know who all the leads are at that level that are the most desirable to other companies. And then I yeah. just, it's a matter of 
course, we just at, through the years we have those conversations and find out the ones that are uh, are missing some of their clamps, and then yeah, we, yeah, we position yeah. them and wait for a new role to come up, and then we can take them somewhere where they're wildly appreciated for what they've been doing for for what they've been doing, yeah, and and so maybe again another uh, counter to the the recruiting calls is to formalize hey you're now the official subject matter expert in x y or z i think that's great now um, i know we're we're running up on time here but i want to i want to get back to something that you mentioned a little bit ago eric and that was the poison pills when you make the call in and you're having this conversation uh, you, you talked about some things like they're in the middle of a training program but what are the some of the more obvious uh, poison pills, so to speak, that when you call, you know, hey, there's just no way. Got it. Yeah, there's a, there's a few that are, I'd say, are really obvious ones, but it's probably not ones you can build into your team if you're a manager readily. But here are some of the ones that, that I see. So the, the biggest one is probably the clawback. And that is if, for example, some companies, a lot of times they're smaller companies. I'm not even sure if larger companies are all able to do it, but you send somebody to Cisco Live or Cisco event or some other uh, IT event and you say, hey, we're going to send you out here. You come back and you do it. But if you leave after six months, you you have to owe the company back the six uh, grand. That yeah, to yeah. Send you. Or you do yeah. a certification uh, and we send you through CCMP network, Cisco training, and you get your certification. We'll pay for it, but if you leave after a year after that, then you owe us the, the ten thousand dollars back. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. So yeah, it's hard to hard to get away from that because you're you have to basically cover that cost for somebody to leave potentially. Yep. Uh, the other one, which is sometimes it's you find it with people that have been at places a long time. It's they could have part ownership or a family connection. There's something that that keeps them from being pulled out and. Yeah. In that case, the clamps model doesn't really apply as much because they could they could have lack of advancement, but because they're part of the family or you know their their bosses or father in law, they're not going anywhere. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I assume things like bonuses fall into that as well. That if you're calling in February and a company pays out bonuses in April, you're probably not getting them to leave before then. Yeah, and I tell you, one of the things that I like uh, that companies can do, and that's very true on bonuses, is if you have one coming up, you don't want to leave. It's awarded in, in what January or so. They don't pay it till March for a reason because they know that you won't leave till you get it. Yeah. Um, companies that would be in a position where they can provide milestones or split their bonuses out so that you get paid, mm -hmm. for example, in March and October. Ah, uh, yeah. Me calling in June, it's going to be very difficult. Somebody has a $5,000 bonus coming in that's going to serve as their Disney vacation. Yep. Um, I'm not negotiating with the candidate any longer. I'm probably negotiating more with their spouse. And, yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. probably not going to let that person, him or her, leave because they're like, no, we're, we're not going to leave that money <laughs> on the table unless they want to get right. a sign-on bonus to cover for it. That's so, right, that's right. So that, that, can, that can be, but surprisingly enough, a lot of companies don't don't stagger uh, some of their their bonus compensation like that, which I think is is a very very clever uh, poison pill to recruiters yeah. to keep people on on their team without, or at least not taking a serious uh, look. Now, if if the compensations spread is large enough, it doesn't matter. But in many cases, yeah. it's, it'll at least it'll take away a good number of the people that are sending in stuff right now on LinkedIn and all these people that are just trying to you know 
pull pull somebody from one similar job to another. Yeah, yeah. So Eric, you know, uh, you and I have talked about status go in, in the past, and I know you've listened to some episodes. We are we are all about action. We want to leave our listeners with uh, a a real tangible call to action. So what are one or two things that our listeners should go do tomorrow because they listened to our conversation today? So what I would do, assuming that I'm, I'm, we're being listened to by IT leaders and people to yeah. have teams, uh, I would sit back and look at my technical teams and, and look at my top producers or the people I rely on the most and say, these are the ones I don't want to lose. Because sometimes, quite frankly, there's some that, you know, if they left, it wouldn't necessarily be the the worst case in the world. But the ones that you don't want to lose, I would go through a checklist and say, am I doing things to keep that person on the yeah. team? For example, do I do I have a milestone type of arrangement where they know through this year if they do certain things, they're going to either get a bonus or a promotion or they're going to have some kind of growth within the team? Do I give them the responsibility to grow by expanding on their subject matter expert position with the team. And, and, and there could be other things like, am I overwhelming them too much? And is there ways that I can take that away from them? But mostly I would look at what are ways that I can softly retain that person by making them more and more part of the IT vision and journey that we're on and yep. satisfied with their after. That's, that's, to me, that's the biggest thing I would look to. I, I love that. And as they're doing that, uh, I'll just remind them of the acronym that we were talking through, CLAMPS, Challenge, Location, Advancement, Money, People, and Sizzle. And look for ways that you can address those six areas with your with your top performers. Eric, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you being willing to jump on the podcast I would love to have you back on a future episode and talk more about this concept of getting more uh, for your recruiters, because again, attracting and retaining talent is a top concern of IT leaders everywhere. So Eric, thank you so much. Jeff, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. I'm also going to do a special call out here that I know we mentioned today about organizations from the East Coast and the West Coast that are recruiting talent from the central part of the U.S. and allowing the remote work and using that to help with their attracting and retaining talent. I would love to hear from you if you're interested in being on Status Go and talking about how you're implementing that, I'd be particularly interested in knowing how you're attracting people to this work from home, uh, remote work situation, and incorporating them into the team on a broader scale. I think that would be a great conversation to have. So if you're in that uh, position, please uh, reach out. would love to have you be a guest on Status Go. So for Status Go, this is Jeff Tun for Eric Miller. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.